With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The only daily Premier League podcast. This is Football Social Daily. It's been a wild ride in the Premier League this season so far and it shows no signs of slowing down and we've no intention to slow down either here on Football Social Daily. I'm Niall McCorn and this is the podcast packed full of news and opinion on the English top flights every single day of the season and as always we'll scope out all of this weekend's action. It's all eyes on Stamford Bridge as Jose Mourinho returns to one of his old stomping grounds to face off against one of his old students. Is it protégé versus master in one of the more intriguing London derbies in recent times as Tottenham visit Chelsea with both sides transfixed on a Premier League title charge? It's not just the battle at the bridge, but also the battle at the bottom as beleaguered duo West Brom and Sheffield United clash, both sides who have had a prickly time of it go toe-to-toe at the Hawthorns. Also, Arsenal play Wolves and Leeds play Everton in two interesting affairs and Burnley will vow to reduce the 24-2 aggregate deficit in their recent trips to Manchester City. I'm sure Man City fan Adam Keyworth agrees. All right, mate? I'm all right, mate. I'm just stunned that you got through that intro in one take. So, (laughs) On a Friday, that, that is a hell of an effort. I can see the beers at the end of the tunnel. Forget the light. The beers are there. I can see it. Um, I think there's more chance of Steve Shanyaski rejoining Sainsbury's as a delivery driver than Burnley winning on Saturday. But there we go. How are we doing, Steve? I'm, I'm very well. And the uniform is uh, folded in the boot, ready to go at any minute, mate. Uh, there's no gigs on. <laughs> Do you miss on, your there's... King Jong-un trousers? <laughs> the wind flappers. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, my... Uh, my, um, my Yeah, the... I, I hate them. I hate the uniform. I hate the trousers, but no doubt I'll have to put them on over this next few months just to put food in the kids' mouths, as they say. (laughs) What's new with you, Steve? Last time we spoke to you on the podcast, you had recovered from COVID after catching it the day after recording the previous podcast. So I'm expecting some blockbuster news from you. Just, I've just been enjoying um, having complete immunity, actually, (laughs) going round, you know, semi-naked appearances in the places in Oldham uh, <laughs> uh, touching things you know just I, I you know I, I wash my hands I wear the mask and uh, but I just feel like a superhero now walking around I uh, I don't recommend catching it but I certainly enjoy being immune at the moment and uh, long may it continue to be honest with you yeah well hopefully soon um, the next one of these podcasts that we do Steve we'll have fans in grounds to chat about and obviously with a vaccine potentially on the horizon as well um, could be exciting times for football certainly exciting times if you're a Chelsea or Tottenham fan because that's where we're going to start on today's football social daily the London derby at Stamford Bridge kicks off at 4.30 on Sunday now I've written down here in my podcast notes Keezy that these are two title contenders is that fair are they title contenders yeah Um, they are they definitely are for now I think we've said time and time again this season it's a bit of a free for all, isn't it? It's not. Yeah. It's not like it has been in the last four, five, six years, where it's been two teams, often one team running away with it. And yeah, obviously, I'd love to see City at the top and running away with it, but it was never going to be that way this year. And 
with all like the extenuating circumstances and Chelsea have rebuilt the whole team. Spurs look like a, a different unit under Mourinho so far this season. They're, they're definite contenders. I I don't know how long both of them can hold out, especially Spurs with like the the depth in the squad is what would worry me. But the they're both flying at the minute. Mm. Like you, you're watching Mourinho smile, and it feels weird. <laughs> like, he's not he's not doing the the smug or like angry smile. He's doing the wow, I'm, I'm actually enjoying myself and that's that's a terrifying thing. Yeah, well, I remember him talking actually about Diego Maradona um, just after the game uh, on Thursday night, sorry, in the Europa League, um, where he said that Diego used to call him and say, remember that you're the best. And I think sometimes Jose forgets that he actually is a very, very good manager. Um, and maybe he's starting to prove that with this Tottenham side. It almost feels, Steve, that this season, the title race is like the Grand National where there is like so many possible contenders. It's not just Chelsea and Tottenham, but it is Man City and Liverpool, as Keezy rightly points out. And, you know, maybe even some other clubs might be in with the sniff. People are talking about Everton. People are still talking about Leicester. So it still feels wide open, but this is not, no doubt an important game still. You've not mentioned United there whatsoever, which I'm very aware of. Um, there's an intensity to be in the champion of the league. And I think over the years, I think Pep's maybe lost a little bit of that intensity this season so far and obviously you know he's, he's lost his mum earlier in the year and all that I actually predi- I actually thought he would um, he wouldn't re-sign um, or, or would look to closing his contract at the end of this year because he, he, he operates in such intensity and with Mourinho um, leaving United I imagine that dressing room at United those egos but underachieving egos I think that's that must have rubbed him up so much that when he got to Tottenham and he saw what he had in front of him, he must have been watching players like Kane and, and Son, you know, throughout the seasons thinking, wow, I'd love to mm. have control of that. And I think what he's doing with Kane is he's he's sort of developing his passing game as well. He's sort of, he's Kane's able to release Son, you know, not yeah. only are they linking up, but other, other he's, he's able to, he's turning, he's also, t- he's sort of almost turning him to, into an amazing midfielder that plays as a striker yeah. it's, I, I it's think I'm right in saying that doing. Kane's got the most assists in Europe so far this season I, really? I, I might be wrong on that but I remember hearing that somewhere so certainly the link up between him and Son and just in general his build up play has been improved since Mourinho's come in and I think that is where Kane is sometimes underrated he is more than just a striker or a penalty merchant or whatever people want to call him I think he does have more to his game and, and kind of building on that then Steve would you say that this is Chelsea's biggest test in recent weeks because they've been on a good run Frank Lampard's side but they've not played anyone of note the critics would say I would say um, it's all been sort of for them probably building towards this game because um, Chelsea at the moment look great Werner's scoring I think as every game he's scored or the last several games and I was watching that match uh, obviously on match of the day and he he was unlucky not to get quite a few goals that match Um against Newcastle and I just think Chelsea have bought really well and I actually thought they would be firing straight from the blocks but they've took a little bit while to get going which is um, to the benefit of the league and it's made it a lot more exciting but I did see Chelsea as definitely one of the top three if not contending for the top two at the very start of the season you know before anyone kicks a ball and you have these great fantasies and that I thought I think I thought they bought really well and it's all starting to click together for them now but they're coming up against the Tottenham side that are just full of love for each other. It's working. Even like you say, Mourinho's smiling. His his teeth hasn't haven't seen fresh air for about like <laughs> I don't know three years or something. Any time it was United, it just got progressively more bitter and hate filled. And he's gone to Spurs, and he's digging players out like he used to. But I was um, I can't remember who it was. He gave a player um, someone a big a sort of hug and a pat on the back. Um, he had something to do. I think it was the first goal or something against Newcastle. And he praises players now that actually take on board what he says because although we all thought his his place in the Premier League was completely over, he's just disproven that. And it, all it was down to was he just couldn't deal with all the underachieving egos at United. I, I would say. Mm, well, certainly people have pointed fingers at Deli Alley. Keezy suggesting that he's got an ego and that his Spurs career um, is over. We spoke about it on yesterday's podcast, Deli Ali, and his performance against Luda Goretz, albeit they're a Bulgarian side who you'd expect Tottenham to beat every day of the week. But 
He's actually played really well against Chelsea in recent seasons. He scored a couple of goals in a 2-0 victory at Stamford Bridge not that long ago. And in Mourinho's initial few months in charge of Tottenham, he played really, really well. And he did play well, as I say, last night in the Europa League or Thursday night in the Europa League. So, you know, does he still have a part to play for Spurs? And if he does, what a kind of way to get him back into the fold than against Chelsea and, and doing what he does best? Yeah, he's... The, I mentioned about Spurs' squad being quite light, and I'd probably, I'd probably say it is quite light compared to Liverpool, City, and I'd probably even throw United in there when you look at benches. But Deli Ali is a hell of a player to have in rotation, and he's I think he's struggled the last couple of years, and that's almost due to the fact that he set a standard for himself which was so high. He he burst on the scene like you you think of Deli Ali, and you like you forget he's still what twenty four. Yeah, he's he feels like he's been around forever, and he's he has played a hell of a lot of games. So he'll come back in there somehow. But when this Spurs team are playing as well as they are, without him in the squad and the way that they're playing at the minute, which is almost like Inter Milan version of um, Mourinho, where yes, they defend really well, but when they attack, they're exciting. It's not just that big long ball over the top. It's like Steve was saying about Kane playing almost as a an attacking midfielder and Son coming off him and Bergwijn and Mora and anyone else that he brings in. So Kane, uh, not Kane, Deli Ali will come back for Spurs. He'll have a big role to play. And if Spurs really do want and do kind of want that ambition of winning the title this year, then he's going to need to play a big part because he's going to play a lot of games. So I don't mm-hmm. know if he'll play against Chelsea, but like you say, he's, he's got a knack of scoring against him. So. Mm. Just finally on some team news, Keezy, Chelsea look like they're going to have a clean bit of health. Christian Pulisic looks like he might be available for selection again, which is positive news for Frank Lampard. And for Spurs, some key players rested midweek against Luda Goretz. Uh, Son and Kane didn't play in that game. Alderweireld was out with injury, but Jose's hoping that he'll be back for this game against Chelsea. So is it a hard one to call, all things considered, with the, with the two sides as they are? I think it's going to be annoyingly low scoring. Like you look at the top yeah. six games this season, um, like the City Liverpool game looked dead exciting. Even the City Spurs game, which which we lost two 0 in the end somehow, they looked like games that would be three two or four two. But they've all been a little bit cagey, and I, I hope this isn't the same. But it seems like Mourinho is going to play the same way he did against City. But it's good for Chelsea to have that full squad, and they've signed a keeper who has hands, so it's a good start. They've got. Mm. A uh, couple of I like backs. Mendy a lot. Actually. Yeah, Men- Mendy looks good. Yeah. The fullbacks are strong. Thiago Silva, but for that debut, which was a horror show, has kind of sealed that defence a little bit. So they're in, like Steve said, the way that they've bought, and it was very Galactico the way that they bought best young striker around, bought him, best young attacking midfielders around, bought both of them, Pulisic last season. They bought really well, and they kind of put everyone else to shame in the way that they just did it almost shamelessly they were just like yeah we're just going to splash out and do it so uh, i hope it's hope it's one of those where it's a three two either way but it's going to end up one nil isn't it <laughs> we'll have to wait and see what happens at Stamford bridge there always seems to be a bit of needle in recent times when frank lampard and jose Mourinho meet so excited to see what actually happens there on the touchline i'm sure there is great mutual respect between the two but it has boiled over in recent games that's a sunday 4 30 kickoff london derby for me the pick of the weekend chelsea against Tottenham. Now another huge game takes place at the bottom of the Premier League table as West Bromwich Albion welcome Sheffield United to the Hawthorne Stadium on Saturday at 8pm. I mean which way is this one going Steve? Get your crystal ball out because (laughs) two sides that certainly have not had a good time of it. Although West Brom have got three points or three of their points have come from draws. Sheffield United have got just the one point and they're really, really, really desperate for that first win of the season. I've got a disco ball, mate, not a crystal ball. (laughs) (laughs) There's a club, there's an old clubber left in me yet, even though we can't do anything about it. Um, West Brom, right, we're unlucky against United and... Um, I don't know what their track record is of winning this season, but I believe it's very, very low. But I just feel there's a win in them with this game. I I, I think I do think they're unlucky against United. I think they they took it to them and they they hit the bar like across bar a couple of times. Um, they had that penalty, that VAR nightmare thing with Bruno Fernandes um, disallowed, and then and then we end up scoring. Right at that point in the game where a goal from West Brom probably would have shook United up in a negative way. Mm. We've been so... United have been flaky. 
And that kind of moment in the game could have completely changed it in West Brom's favour. I just... I mean, it maybe it is like, um, what do you call it? Like ro- the a romantic uh, notion, but I just think that West Brom could this could be their win. Um, it's at West Brom, and um, I just think that they could take stuff from the United game and just have a bit of confidence and go out and actually try and pepper the goal mouth a little bit. Yeah, they might feel a little bit hard done by, as you say, Steve, last time out against Manchester United, where it was a controversial. Bruno Fernandes um, penalty in a controversial game where there was action in both boxes actually so you know West Brom they've performed well against some of the bigger sides Sheffield United aren't one of the bigger sides I think it's fair to say so it would be uh, quite intriguing to see how the the game does pan out as for the Blades Keezy um, the behind closed doors statistics as depressing as they are there is a table for games that have been played without supporters in the ground believe it or not um, the Blades have been the worst they sit bottom since lockdown since Project Restart where there's been no fans in the ground Sheffield United have been in form the worst Premier League side so although there won't be any fans in the stadium for any of the Yorkshire clubs anytime soon due to the restrictions imposed by the government. The fact that there will be a return to fans in stadiums soon, at least in some of the games, does that give them at least something to work towards? A bit of a bit of light at the end of the tunnel, I guess. I don't know. I'm if I'm a Sheffield United fan, I'd be seriously worried because they've they've got themselves into such a rut and like you only have to watch the games that they played at home last year and the games that they won. They were a proper force and the fans did have a lot to do with that. I, well, I don't think that's coincidence either. They were just fresh up. They were doing really well. They were on a roll and then lockdown hit and they, like you say, they've got the worst record in the league. They got one point from nine games and this is the kind of game where they need to win. They need to win for not just where they are in the table and the vanity of that, but Chris Wilder's going to be under pressure. The one thing at the minute that's probably keeping him away from that pressure is the way that he's brought them from the lower leagues into the Premier League, then had that finish last year that was just pretty astonishing. Mm. But when do you draw the line of, we've got one point, if they've still got one point from 10 games, that's disaster. I mean, how do you get confidence back, Keezy? I mean, that's what I'm thinking whilst you're speaking. I mean, because if they don't win against West Brom, you say win, but if they don't, I mean, that's a relegation rival and the Maya thickens even more. I mean, these players must be completely devoid of all confidence they've scored four goals in nine games and that that's just not going to keep you up like like Steve was saying West Brom showed a bit against United they had a go they had they had nothing to lose really they had to have a go and try and shake them up and they did didn't get the result but they'll take something from that Sheffield United just haven't really had anything four goals in nine games one point they concede in loads they got they got mullered by Chelsea. They got totally battered and it's they're struggling for confidence and goals and the, the only way I can see them having just bringing anything back is they need to start scoring goals. They need a win against someone around them because odds are they'll end up beating one of the, the bigger clubs at one point because the way that this season's going, it's just going to happen. They need to beat West Brom. They need to beat mm. Fulham. They need to beat Burnley. They need to beat Brighton because they need West Brom not to pick up points because... Yeah, the nine games in, but that is a relegation battle. Can I just say one thing about the um, the fans? You're saying there's a possibility there'll be Sheffield United fans in the stadium. They'll be obviously spread out and a very low amount. I've done gigs where there's not many people in and the majority of people are your friends and family. And it is the worst situation you could possibly have because they don't really... They're not... It's. I would be. I wouldn't want them there, to be honest with you. I know it's like you'd want fans, but if they're struggling, i.e., dying, if you were a comic, would be the reference. Um, you don't want people there that know you that well. You'd rather it was their fans, and you could have something that <laughs> mm. galvanizes you and pulls everyone together to fight yeah. against the common cause, as it were. So, well, I. It's just... a good point, Steve, because the the likelihood is that, as we've seen with the restrictions, pretty much all the northern teams, bar the Liverpool teams in the Premier League, won't be having fans in grounds. So it would be more for away games that Sheffield United would have supporters there. So it would be it would be the opposing teams. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's well, that could be good then. You know, a little a little couple of coach loads of like diehard Sheffield fans and. God, I mean, I, I do worry about these low bottom, these bottom teams in the Premier League this season because for like the likes of West Brom and Sheffield, it just isn't clicking into place at all, is it really? 
No, I mean, they will have Hal robson Carnu back, um, though, West Bromwich Albion Kesey, from a broken leg. I mean, he's an experienced campaigner, isn't he? Is that the sort of thing that a team struggling down the bottom need? They need a bit of an experienced head. We kind of mentioned it with Watford over the years, with Troy Deeney, the fact that when he was available and leading the line for Watford, it kind of felt that they had more about them, even if he didn't directly impact the game. Someone there who was able to kind of marshal things from the front. Do you think how Robson Carnu can offer them that? Um, obviously, being out for a while with a broken leg is never a nice injury, so he'll be quite keen to get back involved. It'd probably be nice for the for the younger players just to have him about, just a bit of a, a head on him who who knows his way out of these situations as well is probably important. They signed Carl and Grant from Huddersfield, yeah, and he's he's not had much of an impact at all. He's scored once this season. He's only young, so there's a lot of time for him. But they probably need that, uh, just somebody who can kind of come in, and he doesn't even have to play, like you say, just being around them and giving them that like I've been in this situation before we'll be all right kind of thing might help them but like Steve is I'm I'm worried about a lot of those teams down there uh, we'll come on to Burnley in a bit but they're just getting out of the scramble a little bit but the goals aren't there mm. at the bottom four the most the most goals they've scored is nine <laughs> so it's in it's what like would be 10 the, games this weekend as well they're all and I know City have only got 10 but fortunately we're not in a bottom three real struggle in a season where Sheffield United had want fans there. West Brom have just come up. Their fans would be at it. Burnley's fans, we know what they can be like. So they are going to struggle and they're just going to need to find a bit of a miracle, I think. Primetime TV, Saturday, 8pm, West Bromwich Albion versus Sheffield United. So big battle down at the bottom there. Some fun games coming up this weekend in the Premier League as well, like Everton versus Leeds and Arsenal versus Wolves. We'll talk about both of those fixtures next here on Football Social Daily. Football Social Daily. Subscribe to the podcast now so you never miss an episode. Listen to the latest Premier League news, updates and match reports now. Just ask Open Sports Social. Welcome back to Football Social Daily. I'm Niall. Alongside me, we've got Adam Keyworth and Steve Shanyaski previewing all of the weekend's Premier League action. And let's start with our next game, which is at Goodison Park, where Everton take on Leeds United. 5.30pm kickoff on Saturday evening. This could be a fun game, this one, Steve. Two teams that have uh, looked exciting so far in the Premier League this season, albeit with slightly different league positions, it has to be said. The key for Everton, who have been going good guns, apart from a couple of blips, um, is Dominic Calvert-Lewin up front. And he's looking to break a goal-scoring record in the Premier League this weekend against Leeds. He has a chance to break Les Ferdinand's scoring record of 13 goals in the first 10 games of a Premier League season. Now, Aside from Lukaku, who was obviously brought from Everton to Manchester United a couple of years ago, it's hard to remember the last time Everton had such a prolific striker on their books. Um, he looks absolutely phenomenal and he just can't stop scoring. That first goal um, at the weekend, he, he just literally ran towards the net and it hit one of his, it ricocheted off some part of his leg. It wasn't even a shot and it still went in the back of the net. He's got, he's got it. He's just, he's absolutely flying at the moment. But there. Everton are facing the uh, the fearless Leeds, who really should have beat Arsenal at the weekend. They're an exciting squad, without any doubt. I'm, I am probably most excited about this game in terms of the others um, than any other because both this t- these teams they're trying to score. They've got great players, a bit of creativity, and both of them it's fearless. But I think Leeds have just got a bit in their teeth this season, and they just they just want to go out and shake everyone up and try and win I, I can't I, I would quite happily say that could be a very exciting game with several goals and possibly even um, Leeds might win it but of course in the way is Calvert-Lewin who's just absolutely on fire mm. what do you make of DCL's start to the season Keezy the stats are there for all to see and the style of his goals as well Steve rightly points out that one of his goals against Fulham was kind of just a darting run across the near post and he didn't really even need to make much contact. He was just in the right place at the right time and sometimes that's all you need as a striker. Yeah, he, he looks unstoppable and it's a lot of it will be confidence but he seems to have just grown into himself and you see some of his headers and the like Ronaldo headers, you know where he, he gets up and seems to stay in the air for about a week. <laughs> so he's he's got he's got all different goals in him. He's, he's quick, he's 
he's probably a nightmare to defend against as well because he's got that physicality and the technique as well. And never forget that Ronald Koeman, whilst at Everton, played Dominic Calvert-Lewin as a right fullback <laughs> in in a game like that. That's how far <laughs> he's come. He was he was being played at right fullback in that team, and then it took Duncan Ferguson to go. Hang on, you're a striker. And uh, now look at him. He's He's been brilliant this year, and even for England, he's come into the England squad, scored goals, so he looks a player, but Leeds, Leeds are a difficult side. Um, they're, they're a bit, they're almost a bit flaky, not not in the United way of winning one and then drawing one, but more in like a, they can defend really well, or they'll concede four or five goals, like there's yeah. no in-between for them at the minute. Mm. Um, I was going to say that, Casey, because... They've conceded four goals in a game three times already mm. in the Premier League this season. And albeit one of them was on the opening day against the champions, Liverpool. But they've conceded four goals consecutively not long ago. Just just earlier this month, they've conceded four goals twice in a row. So for us to be what now at the, the back end of November and them to have conceded four goals three times already in Premier League fixtures. Um, it's exciting for the neutral. It makes it entertaining, but it's no good if you're a Leeds fan because they need they need to stop letting in goals. It's because a lot of the time they turn it into a basketball match. Like That's the way that the Leeds games tend to go. The City-Leeds game was stupid. It was like, we'll just bypass everything and just we'll just both just run at each other and just see what happens. And it, that's the way that they play, like Steve said, the fearless. And the, they're probably looking at the table and going, there's at least four or five teams who are going to drop more points than us. So they're actually setting the sights on a top-half finish rather than a a relegation battle because the miles better than West Brom and Fulham like miles and miles better I'd even say Sheffield United Burnley they're, they're just a better side so it wouldn't surprise me if they can beat Everton Everton are without Dina at left back aren't they who's mm. a massive part of what they do so um, yeah the, it's going to be a fun game I think this is the game to watch this weekend where there might be goals yes yeah, so, I, 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 I said before that Leeds a Leeds game or this will be the one to watch and it was slightly disappointing but I think they have this this sort of theory of if we can score around three goals then we might we might <laughs> win it the other the other thing as I would say about why Leeds are fearless is because their manager um he looks like the guy that if you was a kid and you kick the football over the fence he'd basically stab it and give it your back and swear at you and say never do it again <laughs> it I think <laughs> I think they must be terrified of that guy. He looks like the most terrifying northern neighbour you could ever have in your life. And I think probably motivates them to do as well as they can on the pitch because you don't want to be annoying that guy whatsoever. Yeah, Bielsa and Ancelotti, two very tactically adept managers. So I wonder how it will pan out tactically at Goodison Park on Saturday at 5.30. We're also going to talk about another game which uh, is catching the eye. Arsenal versus Wolves. That's a 7.15 kickoff on Sunday. Two sides for me, Keezy, in desperate need of a Premier League win. But I'm finding this one difficult to call because although Arsenal got back to winning ways in the Europa League against Mulder, you'd expect them to beat Mulder any day of the week anyway. The game against Leeds, their plan went out the window because of the Pepe red card. They'll obviously be without him again against Wolverhampton Wanderers. So I'm finding this one difficult to kind of weigh up in terms of which way I would go if I was a betting man. Yeah, and it's another case of teams who can't score goals. Both have scored nine this season in nine games. It's it's weird, isn't it, that there's just not, not many goals about outside the top six. So they're both struggling to score. Um, the Arsenal-Leeds game was dire. Like Steve said, Leeds should have won that game. I think they hit the woodwork about three times. Arsenal were poor. Um, they looked tired already. I like Wolves. I think they're they're quite like tactically smart and they're solid enough. But the the goals have just dried up for them, and that's where they were so good last year with like Jimenez and Traore and goals from Neves and other people. Um, I'm just struggling to see where where their goals are coming from. So I think it will be cagey mm. again. Um, quite a a scrappy game as well, especially if Arsenal go with that midfield of Xhaka and El Nenny and. To, and what's he called Sabios it can get quite scrappy so um, I'm not looking forward to this game very much no it's interesting because we speak about it every week yet another preview podcast Steve and yet another question I'm asking about Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang because 
we always said that if he stops scoring, where are Arsenal's goals yeah. going to come from? And people would kind of come with the argument, well, well they've got young Eddie and Ketier and Lacazette can score and Nicola Pepe has got a goal in him when he feels like it. But still, without Aubameyang firing, it's feeling like that they are, as Kesey points out, struggling to find the back of the net. It's kind of like it all relies on him. Uh, and maybe that is an oversight from Arsenal in the transfer market, or or, or maybe I'm, maybe that's not accurate. But certainly, they need to get him scoring, and it's such a hard thing to address. I mean, does he just need a penalty or just a bit of luck, a deflection, something like that, to get him on a roll? They they based that that squad, and I would say pre-season purchasing and stuff like that, just expecting him to be Obama Yang, and you know, an incredibly fast shoot on site very accurate striker and it just hasn't happened this season and, and I, I bet they must be a little bit shell-shocked about it as will be a Yang, who now will be in that sort of depths of confidence issues where you start to overthink everything you, that split second where you know you would normally just take a shot and it would go straight off to the you know in, into the corner of the net or or wherever perfectly now he'll be overthinking it and it just gets to that vicious cycle would a penalty change that? I, I was I was asking myself this 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 week when um, Bruno Fernandes passed on a penalty to give him a hat trick and stuff like that. And why would a player do that? And how would that change? Um, I think he passed it on to Rashford. Was it? I, I forget. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Yeah. So and the reason being, he felt that Rashford needed a goal allegedly and stuff like that. H- how would that? really change a player's outlook because you would stand in front of the spot you would fire it in, f- in front of a stationary keeper um with right accuracy you would just b- put it in the back of the net no issue and that isn't what playing football is like in open play um i think obama yang is an issue for many reasons and one being a guy who's not scoring you wouldn't normally pick but they just have to because mm. at some point that's going to change but how far how far do you gamble that hand before you start to bench the guy? It's, it's, yeah. it's vicious, yeah. viciously difficult to I make that decision. I stuck with him in my FPL team as well, so I'm kind of keeping faith because, <laughs> you know, it's been a while. and I'm, It's going it, to come. I mean, it has to, Keezy. Look at his, rec- look at his goal-scoring think... record. All the signs are pointing to this just being a dodgy and... patch of form and he'll get back firing soon. Do you know the other thing is he's not been getting the service? Um, like, he's... He's sometimes as well. He's playing a lot out wide on yes. the left, and I don't think it suits him too much because he's he's struggling to get into the game. You see Arsenal going forward, and he's he's like behind the play, so I don't think that suits him a lot. The one thing with Arsenal, and this is the the one thing I've kept an eye on really, is they've stopped conceding loads mm. of goals. Just checked, and they've got the second best defensive record in the league. So they've they've tightened up where they need to tighten up. And do you know what? It's exactly the same with City at the minute. They've got rid of one problem but caused another one because of it. Like you, Almost all the focus has been on, right, we need to tighten up the defence because it was terrible last year. Same with City, bring in a couple of faces, sort it out, solid. But hang on, the goals have dried up, so you almost take your eye off one thing and the other thing is, is gone. So the, I think Aubameyang is bound to come back and score goals, but I think playing him up front might be a good idea because playing him out on the left, I don't really get it. And mm. I really enjoyed watching him and Lacazette last season early on where mm. both of them were playing up front and they were they were deadly together. So I wonder if that'll come back. Do you think that's a bit of politics from Arteta though, Keezy, just quickly, playing Aubameyang on the left? Is that Mikel Arteta sort of subconsciously saying, get me a new striker or get me a left winger, could get be. me someone who could play that position because I'm looking, look, I'm having to play our best attacking player in terms of through the middle out on the left because it's the only yeah. way I can balance the side. It could be. It could well be, yeah, where they, they just think we haven't we haven't got options and that Arsenal squad is quite thin, I think, and the fact that Ozil is not even in the squad is is obviously massive politics and for a whole nother day. Mm. But you've got somebody like that who can put some service in and they haven't got a lot of that. Sabios has got a bit, but when they play a midfield of El Nenny and Shaka, uh, it's like when England play Henderson and Rice. It's like you're not you're not gonna get much other than just like utility and just kind of safe so mm. something will change and the best thing for Arsenal is they've stopped conceding so the they can now go forward and actually try and do other things so the goals will come and it's probably a good shout to put him in your fantasy because he he's going to come good at some point and Wolves might get it 
Arsenal against Wolves at the Emirates Stadium, Sunday, 7.15 kickoff. Next game we're going to talk about takes place on the South Coast at the Amex Stadium, where Brighton and Hove Albion welcome champions Liverpool. That's the early kickoff on Saturday. Brighton are desperate for a win, Steve, um, because they've had an interesting start to the season. They've played some tough teams um, and given a good account of themselves, but they've not been able to pick up points. Yet against the teams that you'd expect them maybe to be more successful in terms of a points return, Yet again, they haven't been able to get the job done and pick up all three, really, as regularly as they want to. Despite that, they do have a cushion to the bottom of the league. And even Burnley, who are a place below them, who are surely going to lose to Man City in their game on Saturday. So, you know, even though Brighton need a win, can they still go out there against Liverpool and and play with no fear like they have done against some of the other top teams already this season? I don't know. In reality... You can play against the likes of United, which is a game they should have won, really, uh, with no fear, because you know United are a bit of a, a, a bit of a mess, really, and certainly were at the start of the season so little form. And yes, they've been unlucky, but against Liverpool, who are just coming into form, really, and that uh, Jota is just knocking them in for fun, really. I, I I can't see this going any other way than a Liverpool win. Um, reasons why it would go in Brighton's favour I don't know what that would be because I just can't see them I can't see them beating them at all really not even the Champions League game midweek where Liverpool lost to Atalanta the Italian side and although Atalanta play a a certain brand of football they, they love to attack I mean they're just prolific scorers Atalanta Brighton also play a decent brand. So, you know, Liverpool did show a sign of weakness in the Champions League. Klopp made five changes, Steve, and he said that it didn't really work out and they deserve to lose. So is it, you know, beware of the wounded animals, the cliche goes, a, a defeated Liverpool are even more dangerous or is it a good time to strike for Brighton? I reckon, um, I, I would, I, yeah, <laughs> don't go near a wounded scouser. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that expression even means, but um, yeah, they, if they've lost midweek, what was the, what's their position in the Champions League? Did they did they have the opportunity to just sort of throw out a team where they were were well, they already through or they still need points to get through their next game is against Ajax, so if they if the, it basically forces Klopp to play a stronger team right. against Ajax, which could have a knock on effect on their Premier it, League games. So they just needed a win to go through, didn't they? Yeah, so mm. they kind of bottled that, but. Well, that's I, got, I get why he did it. Yeah, they, they must have been surprised by that then, as I was when I saw it. Yeah. Um, it was in one of my hackers. I just thought Liverpool would win, but oops a daisy, it didn't happen. And yeah, I guess they faced Brighton. Brighton, the the one game that I've watched the entirety of with Brighton is the, um, the United game, obviously. And that was the game where they hit the post more times than anyone else in the Premier League and really should have won that game, possibly even seven or eight by seven or eight goals. Um, to backtrack on what I said, yes, they've got it in them. Um, it just depends whether Liverpool are just absolutely firing and have, have ironed out whatever happened midweek because, you know, they they won 3-0 at the weekend against Leicester, you would have thought, really. Leicester would, have, Leicester would bring it to them more than Brighton would, wouldn't you thought? I'll tell you what, though, and Niall, you hear it every time I'm on, Graham Potter... Genius. <laughs> uh, honestly, what the way he plays football with Brighton is brilliant, and often it doesn't work because I don't think I think sometimes he thinks his players are a lot better than they are, the way that they play and they they try and play anyway. But um, that game, the last game that well they won, didn't they? They beat Aston Villa. Um, that's the best game I've watched all season. It was superb the the whole game, and they've brought Danny Welbeck back into form, which takes some doing. Um, and I I really like Brighton as a side. I think there's a lot weaker teams around them, and I think uh, I think they'll do all right this season. Like I said before, uh, I'd add Burnley into this, but West Brom, Fulham, <laughs> Sheffield United are, are all for me worst teams. But they've, they're not going to beat Liverpool in my eyes. I don't don't think there's there's a hope. <laughs> I think Liverpool is still that team even this season after last year. They're still that team that can just get the win and get it done. And there's yeah. not many of those teams about at the minute. We'll, we'll, yeah, you'll love the we'll you'll s- love the front page of the sport social website, Keezy Sport Hyphen Social dot co dot uk. Big page 
a big splash picture of Graham Potter. Yeah. As soon as you log on, you'll be able to see the beautiful face of that man um, whose Brighton side face a real tough test against Liverpool despite their injuries. That game is a Saturday 12.30 kickoff. Time for another short break here on Football Social Daily because there's still two games to talk about afterwards as well. So don't go anywhere. Manchester United and Manchester City both in action. We'll talk about it next here on the podcast. Football Social Daily. Find more great sport at sport-social.co.uk. To hear the latest Premier League news for your team, just ask Open Sport Social. Welcome back to the show. This is Football Social Daily from Sports Social. Make sure you hit the subscribe button and that way you won't ever miss another episode again. Also, if you've got a smart speaker, an Amazon Alexa or a Google Home, for example, you can check out match previews and match reports for every single Premier League game right throughout the season on your device just by asking your device to open Sports Social and whatever Premier League team you support, you can set your team and find the latest previews, reports and news for your team throughout the course of the season. So make sure you go and do that. Time now to talk about both Man Manchester clubs. First of all, Manchester United, who are on the road on Sunday, two o'clock kickoff at St Mary's, where they take on a high-flying Southampton side who will be full of confidence. Um, United, perhaps not so in terms of their Premier League form. Steve, they need to start winning some league games. It's all well and good being all right in the Champions League and getting through and possibly qualifying for the last 16 early doors, um, but Premier League is your bread and butter, uh, and certainly the form and the league positioning right now does not make for great reading for Manchester United this this game is definitely a, a massive worry and like you're absolutely right the Premier League is the bread and butter and really what you should fo- focus primarily on and uh, and work on your team and get it right in that and uh, Solskjaer has just one loss away from the Wolves being back t- saying him you know Pochettino's wants the wants the uh, role and all that the pressure on him he, he needs this, I see this game as very pivotal in certainly the next few months of Solskjaer's career if he manages to stay. Because if we win this game, then we've got West Ham, then we've got City. The reason we would win this game would be that he would get the tactics right, possibly for once, and go out there and attack. Because what he seems to do uh, is, is set up massively defensively when, he, when he's worried about a squad possibly because he's worried too much about his back four and then you you have to concentrate that on the the central two Maguire and Lindelof I think Lindelof is injured or was slightly injured he certainly looked like he dropped pace mm. he's had I, a bad back Steve yeah for weeks, yeah yeah been playing through it I was mm. watching him I was watching him and um they broke um Turk uh, Turk Istanbul broke through and he was it was like he was running on on in wet mud or something it was he was really really struggling and i just think southampton with their run of form what are they like it's several games they've won and they're, they're sat let's basically they're sat fifth in the league and we're something like 10th or 12th or something like that and um this is a this is a team that is a real the ridiculous thing of 2020 is Southampton are a real problem for United and we're going to go there and how he sets up that team from the outset uh, Solskjaer will define uh, the result of this game um, and I hope for goodness sake that he shows a bit of courage for a change because if he's going to go if Solskjaer's going to go and everyone's going to say Pochettino wants his job go out in style man just just try and attack the teams and get the win like he did against Turkey. He started with Van, Donny van der Beek, who for some reason he doesn't even fancy. Um, Bruno was absolutely on fire. Martial playing on the left, still can't really get a goal, but he was supplying and he was making great runs. But he just needs to show a bit of courage and, and maybe a bit of um, confidence in his back four because it seems to be um, swaying his mind as to what kind of team he picks. And that and that ultimately be his be his downfall in the whole game. I would have said he needs to play a bit more attacking and be a bit more mm. courageous. Yeah, well, their opponents, Southampton, have uh, finished riding the wave of releasing T-shirts for the fact that they were top of the league, having played a game more than everyone else on a Friday night. They've gone through that phase. Um, so, where should they aim to finish this season, Keezy? You have to give them credit; they've had a good start, and Hasenhurtle seems to have them playing decent football. So, I mean, what's their kind of ambition from here on in? Um. Well, they're, they're not going to be in a relegation scrap. 17 points already. They're, they're halfway there already. So I'd be looking at like your top half, eighth kind of role that 
I think when the the table does does start to form after like twenty games, I think that's a a really good aim for them. But they're, they're playing brilliant football, and luckily for United, there's no Danny Ings this weekend. There's no um, Nathan Redmond, so that's two players who are out. But Walcott's got a goal, and he he's back in, and Che Adams is in the form of his life. So the, it's going to be a difficult game. They're, they're a really good side, Southampton, and the back four's really strong. Bednarek and Vestergaard. I think I think they both scored against United last year. In the say, there was that game where they kept scoring from corners. So um, <laughs> a tough game, but like Steve says, if if United turn up and put the right team out. Then, yeah, I think I think United should be all right. Fernandez looks outrageous at the minute, and Cavani looked good in the week. Tellers is a great fullback, um, mm, and really is good. Yeah, I think I think United should be all right there. I think I'd go for like a narrow win. Manchester United travelling to Southampton Sunday, 2 o'clock kickoff. Final game we're going to talk about takes place at the Etihad Stadium, where Manchester City play their bi-yearly game against Burnley at home where they <laughs> where they win by a comfortable margin Saturday three o'clock the aggregate score of the last six City versus Burnley games at the Etihad Kesey 24-2 yeah yeah but you're gonna scored, win surely aren't you we've scored Burnley? we've scored 10 goals this season in eight games in the week I don't know if you you put yourself through that horrendous game in Olympiacos um it could have been 25-0 and we won 1-0 so that's that's where we're at this season um i i don't know i i've got a feeling a team is going to get pumped soon someone's just going to get it and everything's going to go in but i'm kind of hoping we save that for a few weeks when we've got united because i think we might need them then um this game i mean burnley are a weird team they won the last game but it's their only win of the season they don't look great but they're going to give us a go and they're going to do what they always do and just come and rough us up. Um, no Nick Pope, so that kind of helps. But we've we've got a full fit squad for the first time in the whole year, the calendar year. It's the first time we've had no injuries. So uh, it's come at a good time before this mad month of 40 fixtures in a month or whatever it is. So we should beat them. Um, I think this is a game where we should be scoring goals as well. So hopefully, and it might be a good time to bring Aguero back into the fold who is far from fit um just get him a few more minutes and yeah it, it should be all right I'd be horrified if we lost this game and do you know what we actually really need to win this game um we need to win it ahead of the next few games we've got Everton away coming up we've got United away coming up we need to get some points on the board because the table at the minute is a mess and I think it will sort itself out in over the next 10 12 games when Christmas rolls around, I'm not worried about that. But even just like on the face of the table, you don't want to be sat in 13th after nine games. It just, it's just not a nice place to be. Um, at the minute, one game takes you into seventh. So it's it's one of those games, get it won, try not to pick up any injuries for God's sake. Um, and then, yeah, just, just on to the next one. I wouldn't, I wouldn't encourage anyone to watch this game. I don't think it's going to be very exciting. Um, City will, here's how it goes. City will have 25 chances. We'll probably score one or two goals. Burnley will have one shot on target and it'll go in. That's just the way the game will go. And it'll be rubbish. It might be a bit scrappy and there'll be loads of yellow cards. But And their keeper, whoever he is, who comes in, from, he'll have an absolute stunner of a game. Guaranteed. Um, yeah, just get this one out of the way. I'm not looking forward to it. I'm going to say, like, Bur- Bur- Burnley, last few games, they faced it. Face Chelsea, Tottenham, Brighton. They they drew nil nil with Brighton. You know it's nil nil, but they've, they've had a rough ride recently. To be fair to them, and then they played Crystal Palace and they beat them one nil. Now they face City. City have had a big wobble on at the moment, don't you think? But we're reaching that point in the season. What you're saying is you have that all fun. It's all fun and crazy. It's all goals galore, and then it just gets to that point when it reaches December. And all the Continental players start putting on those neck scarves. And as soon as those neck scarves and gloves come on, the the league gets gritty and it starts yeah. to balance itself out, which I completely agree with. But what what has been City's problem? Has it been just merely the Goals. lack of Aguero? Um, I think, well, we've had no striker, so we had no Aguero, no Jesus for the first, what, seven games, which was an issue. Jesus has come back, scored goals because that's what he does. But we've just, and I, I think it's a bit like Arsenal where we had a massive problem last year, which was the back four. 
we couldn't get it right. We couldn't we couldn't defend against anyone. Um, we've kind of got rid of those problems now. Um, there's there's confidence in that back four where you're not thinking, Christ, we're going to concede on every every single chance that comes in. So we're we're stronger there, but we've just lost a lot. And David Silva's left a massive hole. Uh, one of those players who you just cannot, you just can't replace. Sane left as well. So you're losing two big players there and trying to bed players in to take those roles is tough. Um, he's been quite defensive for the first few games of the season, playing Rodri and Gundogan, which all City fans just can't get just can't get on side with really in the in the games against the lower half teams and it's just been a bit weird. Foden's coming into the side and just being at the most incredible uh dynamic footballer. Mares has had has just stunk the place out. Yeah, what's all that games. about? He's, You're uh, going to get half of Algeria onto you honest now on social to God, media. I've, <laughs> I've muted the word Mares, so it doesn't matter. Honestly, I've muted the word Mares. Um, he's been he's been awful. He had incredible uh, year last year. He was brilliant, but he's just been bad. He's just he's not scored. He's not been assisting. He's just not been doing what he does. So it's taken ages for us actually to leave him out. And Ferran Torres is coming in and playing well, and Sterling's doing well, and. It seems like Steve said that the players are, are coming to where they need to be. It's almost like the first eight games were pre-season and now they're going right, like Steve said, gloves are on, we're getting down to it. And this is the, the part of the season where in the seasons that City have been good, over Christmas we've been so dominant. So yeah. it's time to pull it out now. It's yellow ball time, Steve. Yeah. You say about the gloves, it is yellow football time. That is when you know it's getting down to business. Uh, the winter true. yellow hivers football comes out. And with that, we reach <laughs> the end of the podcast. Don't forget two games on Monday night and a full review of all the weekend's action on Sunday's podcast with Fergal Brennan and the gang. And of course, those two Monday games will preview on our Monday podcast because there is a new show every single day of the season. There aren't many podcasts out there that do that for anything, let alone for the high octane nature of Premier League football. But that's it for another episode. My big thanks to Steve. Thank you. Thanks for having me again. No worries at all. And Adam Keyworth, thanks for coming on again, mate. Thanks, mate. And uh, I've been Niall. Don't forget to hit subscribe. That way you won't miss another episode of the show right throughout the season. And we'll see you on the next one. Football Social Daily from Sports Social. Find us on Facebook. Search Sport Social. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions. Supply.